Hey guys, welcome to Keeping It Simple, where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand. My name is Luis. And I'm Scott. Welcome to today's podcast. Let's get started. Hey guys, this is Luis, and welcome back to Keeping It Simple. Hey guys, this is Scott, and I'm glad to be with you. Today, we are continuing in our Core Values and Practices series. Today, we're going to talk about social responsibility. Well, two big words right there, social responsibility. But Luis, what do we mean by social responsibility, and why is this important to the Simple Church Collective? Yeah, dude. So again, we're talking about framing uh, you know, this conversation in the DNA that we would love, uh, you know, the groups um, that, you know, will become simple churches to have, right? And I think that this transfers over to every believer should have, but we're speaking specifically to... Um, to here to, now, the to, Simple Church Collective. Yeah, here in the greater Seattle area, uh, in, to the Simple Church Collective. And when I think of our groups, you know, these are the, the, the values and the practices you know, and the beliefs that I think we ought to have, you know, so far, you know, we've talked about being a people that are on mission. We've talked about uh, being a people that are generous. We've talked about being a people that are compassionate. We've talked about uh, being a people that keep Jesus at the center. We've talked about being a people uh, that uh, are a people of prayer and fasting. Uh, And so these are the type of qualities and, and and values that we want our people to have. Again, I think that every believer should have these qualities, right? Uh, but today we talk about social responsibility. And this is big. It's the, the way that I've been, you know, uh, touched by God. And I think for you, Scott, you know, we can talk about this, you know, and, and we have opinions on, you know, stuff going on in the church and outside of the church. And we could talk about this for forever. But we really want to frame this conversation in the fact that, that you know we should care about others right at the end of the day yeah. we should care about others particularly we should care about marginalized people groups people that are on the margins and there's a plethora right of um biblical references so so we're not like cherry picking bible verses of the character of god displayed through Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, practices, uh, even through the Old Testament laws, and, and through him calling people back into, you know, just loving one another well and loving groups of marginalized people well. And so um, that's what we're going to talk about. And the conversation really revolves around, uh, uh, you know, the, the character of God and the, the, the justice that is mm-hmm. a, a part of that character, you know. And so. When we talk about justice, you know, um, what are a couple of things that that come to mind for you, um, Scott? Yeah. So as we as we have this conversation, I know justice is kind of a a cultural phenomenon word right now. It could be a, maybe even a trigger word for some people, you yeah. know. So there's there's grace in this conversation, and this is this is a conversation we're having, and we think it's important. And as Louis said, this is the beginning of it. This is not you yeah. know this this twenty ish minutes. It's not going to be. All of the conversation. This is going to be a continual, yeah, and we'll come back to this thing. from time to time. But, but tell yes. us now, like what when you think when you think of justice, when you think about the character of God, social responsibility. 
you know, what runs through your mind? Man, justice is incredibly important. It might be the most important thing uh, in, in, in my life and in, in, in following Jesus. I love that Kel- what this, I'm going to read something that, that Tim Keller put out last year. He put out four articles on justice and, and race and, and he debunked some like social justice and, and critical, uh, not critical race theory, but critical theory. And he, he had some articles. I challenge us to read them. They're really well written. There's going to be a link. We'll, we'll put um, a link down in. here. But in, in one of the articles, Keller says, biblical justice is characterized by radical generosity, universal equality, life-changing advocacy, and asymmetrical responsibility. Break that down for us. I'm going to, yeah, real quick. Generosity, which we have an episode on generosity, so go listen to that. But Keller brings generosity a lot to the financial side. And he says, your your money belongs to God. He entrusts it to you. You have moral obligations to both God and your neighbor to use your money unselfishly with great generosity to love others with it according to both your ability and their needs. Essentially, Mm. be generous with what you have. Part of justice is giving of what you have to help other people. Yeah. I, I don't think we would have a real argument with that. Right. Thinking outside of yourself. Yes, and, thinking and of others, others more than just yourself. Yeah. That, that's, that's core to justice. Yeah. Equality, Keller goes on and says, Biblical justice requires that every person be treated according to the same standards and with respect, regardless of class, race, ethnicity, nationality, gender, or of any other social category. We should be treating people equal. Just be That's, kind. That is, that is Keller, Keller's saying that equality of people, no matter of, of what uh, stereotype there could be, whatever thing that could be to divide us, treat everybody equal. Even if you don't agree with them, just, just yeah. be kind. Yeah. And, and so I think this one can be really hard to yeah. practice. Yeah. But it's also something that we need to come back to again and again That's right. and again. And even when we think we get it, there's another people group that you know we yeah. may think that might rub you the of wrong way. That yeah, could be an age, could yeah. be a gender, could be ethnicity, could be a culture, whatever it Political, may be. There are people that whatever it is. Hey, absolutely, you know? especially in America right now. But so equality of all people. He goes on advocacy. The third facet of biblical justice is significant and life-changing advocacy for the poor. Yeah. It's as we talk about marginalized people, it's people that they just have less, man. For whatever reason, yeah. whatever situation has brought them to that point, whether they've immigrated to a country, whether they their family has had just horrible uh, luck maybe or horrible situations and circumstances, it's the, it's we advocate for these people that may yeah. not have the voice to advocate. It's the people we, we care about um, that may not know others, the language. Uh, yeah, they may know. not be able to care yeah. for themselves even, or other people may not even care for them. Yeah. So advocacy for the poor. And then responsibility. Keller says responsibility is both corporate and individual. There's a community of responsibility, a communal responsibility. Obviously, there is an individual responsibility to care and to be involved. But then there's also a, a corporate level. There's a, you know, we could talk about church corporately. There's a responsibility within the church, the greater church, the big C church, the global church, to care about these things. But there's also structures in our yeah. world, in America and in other, co- other yeah. places. It's All not just world. here, but there are structures, and we need to care corporately and individually. Yeah. There's a lot more that could be said, yeah. you know, specifically from what Keller said. But I think that was... Uh, 
it hit me really hard and I think it was important to just touch the the tip of the iceberg on that and again go read those articles the different yeah the different ways and the different levels where um you know uh the bible asks us to engage you know in social you know in social responsibility one of my i don't know if it's one of my favorite passages but acts chapter six the beginnings of the early church and the apostles have begun leading and teaching they're starting to grow this movement of the church and then Greeks, so a different culture, different background, Greek believers come to them and say, hey, you guys are missing, you're like abusing you're not, the... You're not treating us the same way you're treating yeah, the Yeah, you're Jewish, not treating our widows, um, widows the same way you're treating the Jewish widows. Yeah. And there's a problem here in, in what you're preaching, what you're saying, and the practicality of it. And then they, they go on and they equip other people. Basically, they, they does God others. love us the same? Yeah. And so in this chapter, um, they don't necessarily drop everything that they're doing, but... They empower other believers to step into this social need, this justice-oriented need. Yeah. I think there's a great representation of generosity, equality, advocacy, Compassion, and responsibility. You know? Yes. Yeah. These core values that we've talked about so far, Jesus at the center, compassion, yeah. all these things, is this is another manifestation of yeah. that. So I want to. What I want to do just is kind of like create a biblical framework for this. We're not just pulling this out of thin air. All over the yeah. scriptures, we see this, right? He, uh, Scott, just referenced Acts chapter six, uh, where he's like, yeah, "Guys, like, let's get it together." So from the very beginning, that was kind of like the first conflict in the early church, and it was a church. It's like an, uh, an about ethnocentricity, right? And it was about like race, and it was about class, and how are we going to face this, right? The church has been facing these issues for forever, so they're not new issues, right? And even before yeah. that, the, the 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 people of God, you know, have been having issues, and God has set standards for those who say that they follow Him or are His, are His to to respond to the real needs of the world and to the real needs of marginalized people groups. Great starting point right here, Micah six eight. Most of uh. Uh, people that are justice oriented have heard this before. If you've not heard this, this is what that verse reads. It says, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Micah 6, 8. That is what the the Lord wants of us, to to, to love others well, to act justly. And and here's, here's the thing, right? And I I personally prefer, and I understand, you know, the terms between uh, social justice, right? I personally prefer terms like social responsibility and biblical justice. And the difference is the starting point, right? For for me, the difference is the starting point. And, and, and who decides what is just? Does society decide what is just? Or does God decide what is just? And yeah. for me, I would rather be rooted in what the word says. And so i rather pursue God's idea of justice and God's idea of social responsibility rather than what is the hot topic or what people are saying yeah. today. That, that doesn't mean, though, that things that are framed as social justice cannot be That's biblical right. justice. Right. They can't be important to God. That's right. The, the, I think there's a lot of overlaps, but I there think there is overlaps. But often, uh, in our culture, in our world, and let's just keep it here to America and where our context is, often the starting point isn't the heart of God; it's something else. And then it's and then and then what we're not saying is to 
easily dismiss the plight of others just because, you know, you, it doesn't impact you directly, yeah. right? What we're saying is those marginalized people groups, those people groups that are poor, the widows, the orphans, where there's biblical uh, um, uh, standing, right? Like for f where the Bible says, hey, love those people well, take care of those people, you know, we ought to be doing that as well. Look, mm -hmm. look, let's look at the New Testament. James 1.27. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Good religion, real religion, right? Turn, I hate the term most of the time, religion, right? Because it, like, it talks about you doing good stuff to try to get in God's favor generally, right? Or institutionalized religion that mo uh, many people, especially in our context, have not had a good, good experience, uh, experience with. Yeah, yeah. with. Um, but what God says in his word, right, is that taking care of the widows and taking care of the orphans, that's the kind of religion that he is after. Yeah, right? well, I think uh, the better way to just think of it is the practice. Yeah. It's the practice that comes from that's the, the kind relationship of with God, yeah. which I think scripture frames here as, as religion in this instance. It's, it's not a legalistic thing. It's, it's a, hey, because of your relationship with me and the fact that I care about justice, which your faith is fulfilling the justice that God requires of us. We can get really theological there if we wanted to. But the, the important piece is it's foundational to our relationship with God, which then means it's foundational to our relationship with others. And that's why I think we want it to be part of the DNA of the Simple Church Collective. Yeah. When 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 we think of the kind of people that we want to become, um, we we want to get this right. But the reality is, mm -hmm. we we won't always get this right. And so that's why you know I think that Micah six eight verse says, "And walk humbly with your God." Right. Yeah. You know, from the beginning, right? People have been missing the mark on this. You, you look at Amos, Amos um, chapter five from verse twenty one on. It says. This is what God says about about religious people and religious practices and their practices. I hate, listen, check this out. This is the ESV, the English Standard Version. I despise your feast. I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Like when you go to church, like that does not make me happy. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, all the religious stuff you do. He says, I will not accept them. And the peace offerings of your fattened animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs, the melody of your harps. I will not listen to them. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. That's the kind of, of, of practice and that's the kind of people that God expects us to be, and that's the kind of people that we uh, uh, want to become, you know, in this network yeah. of simple churches that we're calling yeah. the Simple Church Collective. Yeah. Psalm eighty nine fourteen says, "Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. The foundation yeah, where God of God's sits. throne is righteousness and justice. That's not discrediting love or grace or anything like that, but it's pointing to the fact that justice is so vital to God." And I want to point to, to two things about justice before, Luis, you, you might have something to say. Justice is both restorative and retributive. Justice should be trying to restore someone. Like yeah. it, The heart of it isn't to just 
throw away the key and lock someone yeah. away. Just because you messed up, you know, doesn't mean you don't get another chance. No, no. Justice is both retributive, which means there is a pay, there is a cost that has to be paid. Yeah. You know, if you've broken the law or something along those lines, then there's probably a fine or, or sentencing time. Those are things that are retributive. But on the other side of the coin is restoration. Yeah. And, and God is for the restoration of all people. It's a two-sided coin of justice, yeah. retribution and restoration. And, we, and it's difficult to walk in both, but it's the call of a Jesus follower to walk in both. Yeah. And we want that to be core to the simple church collective. And, G- and Jesus embodied both, like, when yeah. he paid the price for our sins on the cross, the gospel, right? You know, like, some, you know, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. He, he pays the price, right? But he doesn't call us sinners, right? That's not how he sees us, right? Mm-hmm. Because the text also says, you know, we're therefore there is no condemnation yeah. for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, we're, we're justified by our faith in Jesus, just yeah. as if we'd never sinned, right? Yeah. We're justified, and so theologically, individually, that's that's what we believe, and that's where we stand. But also socially, I think there's this uh, there's this component of us being able to embody that yeah. among others especially those on the margins you know like like compassion and last week we talked about compassion um, social responsibility is, is this thing that's rooted in love but it goes beyond that individual love it goes beyond loving that individual it speaks to our corporate response and mm. responsibility for the hurting for the widow, for the orphan, for the immigrant, and for the marginalized, those in society. Isaiah uh, 117, right, he, he kicks off uh, uh, the book with this saying, learn to do good, right? The text says that none of us are good. Like, we're not born knowing how to do good. There's something that we need to learn. Yeah. Seek justice. Check this out. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause, right? Mm. In the Old Testament, we go a little bit further. We see uh, that when when God is giving uh, the law to the people, this is what he says. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner residing among you. From the very beginning, right? And then he goes, I am the Lord your God. Thus saith the Lord. This is what God says. And that has not changed no. about the character no. of God. The way that he feels. I mean, Matthew 24. We can go on and on and on and on. But this is what we want to land on, right? This is what we want to land on. That God loves the poor. That God loves the marginalized. A guy by the name of Ray Bakke in a book called A Theology as Big as a City once said, The poor are not only sinners... Right? They don't just need Jesus for salvation of their souls, but most often they are also the sinned against. Right? And so for whatever reason, right, because people do not have Jesus in their hearts and because, you know, uh, people have not, uh, you know, uh, allowed God to move them towards compassion and towards the social responsibility, um, systems that are unjust continue to get, um, you know, promoted and continue to be allowed they, to, they to grow stay, stay around, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So as a people, we want to be a part of dismantling oppressive systems. We want to be a part of bringing compassion to people that are uh, experiencing pain, loss, disappointment. And so 
as the Simple Church Collective, we are not going to look at you weird if you say, you know, this kind of bringing it home. Like, hey, I want to start a church, a simple church for, you know, single moms. That sounds like something that Jesus would do, like love on people, you know, that that are going through that kind of thing. Or I want to start a simple church that reaches homeless folks. Man, more power to or I want to start a church that reaches, you know, the international immigrant community. Or I want to start a church that reaches children that have Down syndrome or or ministers to the families of people with that. We want to be that kind of person. We want to be yeah. that kind of people, right? We want to minister to the poor, to the marginalized, to the widows, to the orphans. And and those are the types of churches that we would not bat an eye at saying, yeah, dude, that sounds like, like you know, whatever, wherever you are on your leadership development scale, we, we want to help you get to the place where you're able to launch that kind of a simple church in our networks. Yeah. We want to be a people that care for marginalized people, a people that care for the other people. We want to have simple churches for all kinds of people yeah. in all kinds of spaces, all kinds of places. Come there on. is no limit to a simple church collective. There is no limit to the simple churches because there is no limit to what Jesus can do in the life of people. And that is why social responsibility matters to us. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Keeping It Simple, where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand. Stay tuned as we release episodes each Wednesday. We'd appreciate it if you would like, review, share, and subscribe our podcast. Thank you for listening. Peace.